This is a Triple J podcast. Um, so we both had a little weekend away. How stunning. I know. Look at us go. A little vacay. How was yours? I saw some sheep. Um, <laughs> I, went to the, I went to a farm um, with my boyfriend and I was obsessed every day with getting the sheep to like me because I'd wake up in the morning and I would just see the sheep across from me yeah. and they would run away every morning. I would go out there and I would talk to them and be like, love me. And they would run away. So by the end, I was like, I, I fucking hate sheep. Anyway. <laughs> I would take that so personal as <laughs> I well. I, really I get did. that. Um, well, uh, the animal that I saw the most was whales, which was crazy. I was up in Sydney um, and the stunningly gorgeous weather there. Oh, my God. I can't. Got so much vitamin D. I was hitting the beach. Um, and I noticed when I was doing that, I was like, oh, no, I'm, like, aware of my body again. Because you know how it's oh. been such warm weather? It's, like, springtime, but, like, El Nino is here, babes. Yeah. Like, yep. it is heating up. We're getting ready to have our summer flings, surely already our spring flings even. And, like, yeah, I was on the beach and I was just like, fuck, I feel kind of shit about my body. Because, you know, when you, like, compare yourself to, like, the year before and you're like, oh, it looks different and, like, you know, I'm just not as happy or whatever, that was me. And I was like, you know what? we got to address this like now. <laughs> I think that this is such a common experience for everyone. Like it's not – like it is common for girls, women, but it's guys, gays, days. Like everyone is going to be affected by having maybe not all the time but something said about themselves to themselves negatively about their body. Like oh. it's just such a common experience for people. Yeah, 100%. So we thought we would do a whole episode on this, um, focusing in on your body during sex. That's kind of when a lot of these do play out, especially because you've got like... You're naked. <laughs> You're naked. Someone else is things there. Things are bending over. Things are flapping. Things are like, you know, sagging. Oh, how many times I'm literally like, turn the light the fuck off right now. I don't want to be like that anymore. So we're yeah. going to try and change that. We're going to get a bunch of experts in um, to help us sort of change that narrative and feel less affected or attached, I guess, to our bodies and what they are like. We're going to get through it. Yeah. And just a bit of a content warning. There will be uh, conversations around body dysmorphia and conversations around eating disorders. So, yeah, if you're not in a good headspace, feel free to come back to this episode whenever you're ready. All right. So, obviously, we did a vibe check on Instagram at Triple J The Hookup. Did a poll. Mm-hmm. This time we had four options. I know. I actually said to Pete this morning, I was like, slay that you did four options. Like, yeah. that was cool. Because normally you just do like yes, no. Yeah. So I was like, God, you're good. Thank you. The question was, how often do you feel insecure about your body during sex? 14%, not at all. Sometimes 55%. A lot of the time, 22%. Every time, 9%. Okay. So everything from sometimes forward is like a lot of people are feeling this yeah, way. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. And that's pretty common, I reckon. We heard a lot from you in our DMs. You had a lot to say about this, um, about your own relationships with your own bodies. I think we all have insecurities about our own body and what it looks like during sex, whether it's positions or the lights on, the lights off. You're always a bit nervous with either a new partner or the same partner. It's hard not to project an unrealistic expectation of yourself when you're either inexperienced, you're scrolling through social media, everything can affect the way that you believe your body should or shouldn't look. To be honest with you, I don't even remember once in my life that I look at the mirror and said, oh my God, you've got a beautiful body, you look stunning. 
I've learned from all my life to be beautiful. I'm supposed to be taller or even slimmer. That's why I have prevented myself from having sex for, for years and years. For me, the insecurity is all about the belly. Um, it's a place that I try to cover with clothes uh, during the day, but then when they go off, there's really uh, no hiding. Um, and I feel like the belly is also a focal point between um, your mouth or your face, basically, and uh, your vagina. It's a place where you pass when you go from kissing to licking or back again, or when you look up, it's like there in the middle of your body. Well, I've been struggling with body dysmorphia for quite a few years now, and it's affected my relationships, especially when, you know, becoming intimate with my partners because you know, I'll have my clothes off and then my partner will be like, oh, like, you know, they'll be looking at me and they'll be gazing at me and then I'll be like, oh no, they're seeing what I'm seeing. And then, you know, we'll get intimate and then I will freeze up and be in a complete spiral of like, oh my God, you, you don't deserve this. Your body's disgusting. Ew. And then it's almost like I can't feel any sensation whatsoever. And my partner will be doing things and I'm just in a blank. I dissociate. I can't think of anything like that in my mind. All I can hear is you don't deserve this. You aren't worthy of this. This person is just doing it for the sake of it. So intimacy is very hard. As you can hear, a lot of women being affected by this, um, which we're going to chat about soon. But Pip, it was like we said before affected everyone regardless of sexuality and gender right yeah 100% we had so many guys um in our dms talking about the different areas i guess on their body that they feel uncomfortable by um someone here saying i refuse to have the lights on no mirrors or it's not happening at all and daytime is a massive no so this is something that guys are really struggling with and we spoke to mo ari brown who's a therapist about why it is so common you know, I think it really ranges from person to person. But what I've noticed a lot is that we have these really impossible beauty standards. I say impossible because it's not even just about them not fitting the average person. It's really about how they force so many people to want to fit inside of a box. I see this a lot for everybody. Uh, I'm not surprised by it, but because so much of my work is with transgender people, I'm so familiar with how often we get these messages about how gender should work or these boxes we get placed in as LGBTQ plus people. Uh, but I think body image is certainly one of those areas where everybody gets a lot of messages about a small, limited way they should be. And if you don't fit into that, then many people don't feel that they belong or they don't feel that they're good enough. And I think it gets at self-esteem, self-worth at the end of the day, constantly getting these criticisms and messages. Oh, yeah. We got heaps of DMs like this. Um, this one here, this person's saying um, gay hookup culture is so toxic. If you're not a twink, you don't fit in. For anyone listening who doesn't know what a twink is, it's like generally like skinnier, more leaf. Um, built kind of gay man mm. um, and that's very like it's someone's type and they like will not look at anybody else unless you are like that build yeah and I, we see this in a lot of our queer circles people like a lot of my gay guy friends are so insecure about their body and it's like this gym culture so you know this is something that we see not only we hear from you but we see in our circles but Mo who's done so much work in this space talking to queer and trans people has found it's a common thing as well. Uh, many people's transgender experience has been about being able to live 
in a way where they're not harassed all the time. And that brings up a lot of stuff about body. For some people, it means being able to be read as what is stereotypically woman or stereotypically man. And I think if you don't fit that mold, again, uh, it can leave a lot of people wondering if they're good enough. It can, I mean, it creates a lot of imposter syndrome. Uh, for some people, it might be that they need to have abs in order to be the most masculine person. Uh, for some women, it might not be about how thin you are. It might be that, do you have a, a big enough butt? And I think that that's what we've seen. And certainly, um, uh, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, gay men about this too. The standards are not just for uh, women as we're seeing, like men needing big butts is a thing as well. <laughs> Nobody can skip leg day in this culture, apparently. <laughs> I don't think we really need to go into too much detail about how much pressure there is for women to mm. look a certain way. Um, I think everyone is pretty aware of, like, the feminist dialogue of, like, you can't be too thin, you can't be too big, you can't be too this, you can't be too that. So, like, I think that it's, you know, pretty known that from birth mm. women have so much pressure on how they look and show up in the world. But, you know, we spoke to somebody who has had a lot of time in this space as a woman. She's had a pretty fraught relationship with her body for a long time, but now... She calls herself a body acceptance activist. Talking about Bella Davis. Yes. If you don't know who she is, go look her up on Instagram. Uh, she's got nearly 300,000 followers where she talks so much about body image and how to build that confidence and the journey that it's taken her to get there. And we caught up with her and this is exactly where she came from. It's been very difficult, like, existing, I think. So... When I was like 16, 17, I was struggling with an eating disorder. I didn't even know it was an eating disorder at the time, but I was like obsessively exercising, over-exercising, calorie counting, uh, restricting, and it was really, really hard. And that was continued on for about like four years until I decided I needed help to navigate this. And then even after like entering recovery, I was still struggling with my body image and struggling to know like what ways to exercise like what ways to move my body because I was so scared of like entering a gym again I was like nervous to eat different foods because I used to have fear foods and like used to feel so guilty about food so it was really hard to try and navigate food and exercise and like just simply existing in my body after recovering from my eating disorder so at the start it was like very difficult I would say. So naturally, when we talk about sex and intimacy, where you are rubbing bits naked with somebody else, this for her was so hard to do, especially like post-recovering um, that eating disorder. It was so difficult to enjoy intimate moments, like whatever they would be, enjoy affection, enjoy being touched, because I always felt like I was unlovable and unworthy as I am. And I actually didn't have like intercourse with anyone until I was like 21 because I didn't feel like I was worthy of it. I was like, oh, my body doesn't look like it should look. So therefore, I don't deserve to be touched or therefore I don't deserve affection or pleasure. So that was really challenging. And I was telling myself those things every single day. That's so hard to hear. Imagine telling yourself that every day, like literally every time. I know. And it's just such a common experience for people. And Bella told us that it was so... That, like, messaging was so bad that she didn't even want to masturbate. Like, I would never 
um, you know, pleasure myself because I was like, no, it's wrong, it's shameful, I don't deserve it, like I'm unworthy of this, like until I lose weight or until I'm thinner. And it was awful to like be telling yourself that. Yeah, and like she said, it did take years to feel comfortable to even have sex. I think she said she was 21 when she Mm. first did that. Um, And even then, she was just hiding herself the whole time. Um, At the start of my relationship, I would just like run into the bathroom and cry just because I didn't want to be seen or touched or whatever else. I would constantly have the lights off and like constantly wear a bra when intimate because I was ashamed of like my saggy boobs or my cellulite or whatever else. This is something that Mo has seen with his clients as well. He says that it's so common when you feel that way about yourself and about your body that it's just naturally going to impact your sex life as well. Sex is so vulnerable, so intimate. We know how challenging it is when we're dating or we're in any relationship to even be vulnerable about our emotions, let alone when we're like naked or any in any state of undress. I think when those kinds of criticisms are so prevalent in the society. Uh, I think most people can't help but to think, what is this other person thinking about my body when I am naked? And it's almost like that moment where you're undressed with the other person for the first time becomes this moment of reckoning, like, do they really like me? It's now like so vulnerable. And I think for so many people, the question becomes like, do you really see me? Um, And it can really mess with your head, I think, going in. So I think a lot of people are immediately kind of taken out of the intimate, sexy part of the moment to like, oh, my gosh, am I doing this right? Am I going to be received? Are they still going to like me? kind of touched on it a bit before about the messaging like Mo talking about where this comes from why is it so common it's things that you've learned about yourself from from such young age Mm. uh and you know like Bella talking about her her like thought process about her body but sometimes people can say that stuff about you to you as well and Bella had a really shit experience with a guy And it was actually the first time that she had sex. There was one time uh, someone did make a comment about my body. They were quite older than me and it was actually like my first intimate experience as well, like first time I had intercourse, which like, yeah, kind of messed me up a little bit as well. I remember they just like leaned over and touched my thighs and they were like, you look good now, but you look a lot better if you lost some weight. And that like hit me and I... I just like remember sitting there and couldn't even really like in like understand what was going on, like internalize that. I was just like, okay, okay. Like I wasn't upset. I wasn't like angry. I was just like empty inside. Like, and because I'd been, you know, entering recovery, so my body was changing anyways. That was hard to hear. That was really hard. And that stuck with me for so, so long. But that was the only time, like, and this guy's an arsehole, obviously. (laughs) All right. Makes me sick. Oh, let's go. I'm ready. I'm putting my gloves on, my boxing gloves. Listening to that, saw red. I know. What a fucking loser to say that. And I, you and I always talk about this. I feel so passionately about no one should ever comment on your body, ever. Yeah. Like, don't say like, oh, you've lost weight or don't say you've gained weight or say you look better if you did this or you look, 
better like this. Like just don't, especially, and this is the thing that I feel so strongly about is that you don't know where people are at. So many people have eating disorders. So many people struggle with disordered eating. And a comment like that, no matter what the intention is, Mm. can cause so much damage. Even the good intended ones. Like I had an experience where – like a couple of years ago, I like lost a bunch of weight and my body had changed like quite a bit. And I hadn't seen a friend in like a while, maybe like six months or something. And we were meeting up for a drink and they were like, oh my God, look at you. Where did you go? And like, I remember exactly what I was wearing that day. I was feeling really good about myself. Um, but you know, there was something that like tweaked in my brain where I was just like, what did I look like to you before? Mm. Um, And also I'm going to chase this feeling and this validation from other people probably. Um, And even though I knew it was just coming from a really good place because it was just like, you know, it's, it's a compliment for a lot of people, but you just have to be so careful. And like with um, Bella's situation, she was coming out of ED. I don't know if this guy knew that. You'd think that he would. I, like, I don't know, shut but the you know. Fuck up. Just don't fucking Literally say shut it. Up. Yeah. I mean, oh. that's obviously like a really critical comment. Um and that does happen in relationships, which is really sad. And you know, we spoke to Mo about it and he basically just told us like absolutely fuck that right off. One, I am so sorry for anybody who's had to experience that that feels like such a such a moment of rejection and so I imagine that that's painful I first want to say like that is a major red flag for me if anybody is critical of you or your body when you're dating them or offering you that you would be better if you're this you know you are who you are and so whoever you're in relationship with is going to accept you or not accept you but we hopefully you'll be in a long-term relationship with somebody who is here for all the iterations of who you are Uh, so my advice for that particular situation is to leave that person (laughs) do not stay with them Uh, just speaking from experience as a transgender person I know how how important it is that we enter relationships knowing that things are going to change and they're going to evolve that doesn't mean that we don't have to have things we're attracted to about other people or standards. Um, But when we are not open to weight fluctuating and we expect to be with people over 30, 40 years, it's just not realistic. Uh, So my advice for that particular situation is that, you know, you, you deserve better than to be treated like that. Okay. We've been ranting a lot. Um, I think it's time for advice. I think so too. So after talking to our experts, let's start at step number one. They reckon that you just need to be self-aware and you need to be really careful about your language, how you talk about your body and that negative self-talk. Like Bella was experienced, right? A lot of internalized Mm. dialogue in her head being like, she's not worthy. She's disgusting. You know, you have to just stop that. I just had to constantly remind myself, well, like you don't have to be a certain size. You don't have to be a certain weight, shape. Uh, You don't have to be smooth and like perfectly hairless to be intimate. You're allowed to be intimate as you are. And I was constantly reminding myself that like, you know what, I'm not unlovable. I'm not unworthy. Just constantly during intimacy because that really helped me. So yeah, be self-aware. First thing, be aware that you're having these thoughts to begin with because yeah. I don't even realize. A lot of us are just like in our heads constantly and be like, oh, totally. You know, just living our lives. A lot of noise up there. Figure out what you're saying about yourself. And like Bella said, challenge it. 
remind yourself. And Mo agrees with this. He says, you got to start giving yourself positive affirmations. I think we can be our worst critics sometimes. And what I've noticed for myself and for my clients is that sometimes it's so subconscious. Sometimes we've learned that language before we even understand what that was and so the work is to become very aware of how we're talking to ourselves so if we can slow down enough and become aware of the language that is the first step so if you can do that you're doing a really great job then I want you to replace that language with at least five compliments because you almost have to overload yourself with some love and positivity to replace that then I'd invite you to uh, have other people begin to notice how you're talking to yourself. So invite some accountability in because sometimes we're saying these things and we 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 won't be able to catch everything. Uh, so one example is I notice sometimes when I give people compliments, they might say, oh, this is just uh, something I pulled out of my closet. That's minimizing yourself. That's not affirmation of yourself. And so having an accountability partner or your actual partner they could uh, say, you know what, you did not receive that compliment. I need you to do that again. And so to have that practice will help you to begin to change the language. So we're going to talk about partners and how they can help in a little second. So stay with us. But before we get there, let's talk about friends. Yeah, I am a huge believer in, like Mo was saying, calling your friends out when they talk about themselves in a negative way. Yeah, you got to keep them accountable. Like you've got to pull them up when they start doing that negative self-talk. My housemate Brendan will say something about his body and I'll literally scream at him and be like, do you want to fucking smack? He does it a lot. He does it a lot. And I'll be like, do you want to smack? This is all love, Brendan, if you're listening. Yeah. Obsessed. But I was like, do you want to smack? I will mm. literally hit you. Obviously not. But um, I was like, this is a safe space. You're not yeah. bringing that conversation about yourself into our household. And also you having that as well, like negatively affects people in the room too. So you have to be careful. Because you don't know how desalmon is going on one day. You know, you might say something and it might trigger something for you just because you're hearing them being negative about themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that happens to me. Like, I get affected by it. Okay, wait. Back to Bella. Um, so, apart from combating all that negative self-talk, she also had a huge epiphany, which is kind of where she got herself to today from being in that really dark spot. Um, but it happened during the pandemic where... I think a lot of people had their own little new chapter epiphany and self-discovery moments. Um, But yeah, she had a total, um, I guess, like shift in mindset about realizing that a body is just a body is just a body. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this before, Dee. I'm sure you have, but body neutrality. Yes. Huge on TikTok. This is what she had to say about it. Do you know what? Like, it's never been about my body. Like, the people in my life don't love me for my body. I have more energy being in this body being this size, um, I'm happier. Like I'm not stressed about my body constantly. I'm not thinking about my body. I'm just letting it exist. So it was really like a weird awakening because I was like, oh, this is how it's meant to feel. Like this is nice. Like just allowing your body to exist as it is and understanding through that while my body changed that I am more than a body was massive for me because like all my life I'd been like, I need to lose this amount of weight. I need to look like this. Everything was always centered around my body. But like for once I started focusing on what my body could do and all the things it did for me every single day, like allowed me to do, like it got me through the pandemic as well. Like all of these things, I was able to reflect on that instead of what it looked like for the first time in my whole life. And it was really freeing 
actually like and just really empowering as well just to be like fuck you to like diet culture and toxic beauty standards and just say you know like I'm okay to exist as I am and this is enough how you feel about your body and the things that you say to yourself uh might not even be that bad right you're just walking around living your life it's not you're not saying anything too negative about what you look like but then when it comes to sleeping with someone having sex being naked dating whatever that's when you start to be like the anxiety the insecurity because there's so much like what Mo was saying there's so much vulnerability in those moments right Mm, 100% um so yeah here's Mo again with some tips for you about what you can do to build up your confidence during sex I think first it starts with creating some type of safety in your relationships your sexual relationships so if you're not with a person who will affirm you and you're with a person who's going to be critical that's not a good place to practice this so we want to focus in on that make sure you have a safe space to practice Then next, I think getting very comfortable with yourself when you're alone, looking at yourself in the mirror is like good practice for that. Saying affirmations to yourself while you're naked, singing in the shower, even that's a vulnerable space, but really connecting to your body and being grounded uh, can go a long way. I'm just quickly jumping in there. Sorry, Mo. But this really resonated with me because Bella also told us that, um, you know, that kind of solo aspect of exploring yourself was so helpful to her. Exploring my own body, finding out what I like, finding out what I don't like, spending time being naked. It's so empowering just like being naked around your house by yourself, like seeing the way your body moves, the way it folds, the way it rolls, like, and you'll realize like there's nothing to fear. Like your naked body isn't something to fear. All right. Love that. Back to Mo. So then when you're with a partner and you're naked, maybe even having sex in front of the mirror can give you some confidence uh, so that you actually know how you're looking and you're not guessing about it. Uh, Because if you go inside of your head, it takes you out of the moment. Uh, So there are some, a lot of ways we can go about navigating this. I think some of it is becoming aware of our own bodies and what we like about our bodies, doing the positions that make us feel really empowered and in charge. Uh, so the more confidence that you have, the more sexy you'll feel, and the more you'll want to engage. Bit of mindfulness as well was Bella's tip. So in the moment of sex, try and get out of your head. Obviously, it's harder to do. Sounds easy, but, you know, focus on pleasure, sensation, what's happening, what can you feel, what can you see? Reminding myself that, like, it's about how it feels. Intimacy is about how it feels. It's not about how you look. And that really helps me when I'm struggling is just to, you know, close my eyes and like focus on how it feels or focus on the connection with the other person and try and take your body away from that, which can be harder said than done. But it's something I always refer back to and something that really, really helps me is just taking my body away from the experience and like not focusing on aesthetics and just focusing on being there, being present in the moment. Okay, so something you told us um, was about how worried you were um, about your body changing during a relationship. And this could be in a number of different ways. You know me, long-term relationship girly. That's you. My partners partners have seen me like cheering all different shapes and sizes, to be honest. Um, It's fluctuating all the time and it's like it will your whole life for most people. So get used to it. Um, But, you know... 
Mo did actually have some really good advice for us on this. Uh, I'll never forget back when I was very femme, prior to my gender transition, uh, I was dating a guy and I definitely was experiencing some of these insecurities. But as soon as like we were naked, he was like, you look so beautiful. And I remember feeling so disarmed. And I will never forget that experience. I feel like I've been like that with all of my partners since then. I, that's like the first thing I say, because I realize how much we need that feedback, but we don't know we necessarily need it or we don't know how to get it. And so being in conversation with our partners and asking them to participate in the process of affirmation is important. And then beginning that internal process of affirmation for ourselves is important as well. I know that having body insecurities are such a common thing, like we've been saying in this episode, but you might be listening and you're actually listening. You don't really have, you can't relate, but you have maybe a partner or you might have a partner one day who feels a type of way about themselves. And there's so much you can do to help. I'd say a lot of affirmation, a lot of uh, compliments, a lot of love, a lot of patience. If you notice your partner maybe a little checked out, check in with them and say, Hey, I noticed that uh, you may need some something else from me, some extra support. I want to give you that. Just being very patient. And so they have their own work to do and you will aid them in that process by being very affirming versus getting frustrated or like, why are you so checked out or, you know, aggressive? We don't want to do that. We really want to um, encourage them and support them in the ways they need support. Love to say this, but also hate it. Let's circle back. Oh, put in an email. I always do. (laughs) Sorry if you've received one from me like that. Um, But for real, body neutrality. I actually just love this movement. I love that people are across it. And yeah, it's something that Bella talked about a bit with us because you can't praise your body every single day. Like you are going to have bad days. But what she wanted to tell us is that you need to remind yourself it's just one bad day. Maybe it's a bad couple of days, but it will pass. It's just a bad body in this day. You don't have a bad body. And I think that's really important to remind yourself like constantly and that it will get better. Like every day it will get better. So try and do nice things for yourself. Acknowledge what it does for you. Um, Be kind to yourself as well. Like don't beat yourself up Um, and just show your body respect because that's enough at the end of the day. Like loving your body can feel like too much. So if you show your body respect and kindness, I generally think that's enough. I think we've seen over the past couple of years, and it's a good thing, like a huge movement towards body positivity and acceptance. But for a lot of people, and you've told us this, it can feel really unrealistic to feel that good about your body constantly all the time and to love like to reach the goal of loving your body for some people that it's just not gonna happen. Uh so Mo says he agrees with Bella, it's just about accepting your body what can you do that's nice for yourself or supportive of confidence when you don't feel confident not how can I force myself into confidence and so I think there is a fine line between that this false sense of confidence where you're not really tending to your self-esteem and emotional needs instead do things for yourself like when you're not feeling confident Put on some clothes that make that support you in feeling confident. Watch some type of programming that affirms your identities in some way where you feel supported. Really tune in with yourself and give yourself affirmation. There are a lot of ways to navigate that. 
but I'm thinking you definitely don't want to strong arm yourself into feeling better. Um, also to add to this, we talk about a lot. Bella told us this as well. Um, curate your feed. Make sure it's nice and diverse. A lot of different people, a lot of different bodies. Um, because, yeah, if you're staring at something like me seven hours a day. Oh, actually, I went down to five oh, last week. Girl. Got my little notification on a Sunday. <gasps> Because you went on holiday and we're looking at whales. Yeah. For once in your life, you're looking at like, something that wasn't a screen. Your screen time went down like 17%. I was like, proud of me. <laughs> anyway, it'll be back up I was next watching week. waves. <laughs> but also on that, like, have a bit of a test. Like, go through your feed. And if you find something, it's like the, the being self-aware and the presence thing. Like, what makes you feel shit? If you find something, you see someone, makes you feel shit, unfollow. Why are you following them? 100%. Yeah, do the cull. Um, but yeah, this was some really good advice that Bella kind of like wanted to leave us with. So... I'll let her say it. We all deserve intimacy. And I know we've been told that we don't, or I know that we've been told that we have to look a certain way to be worthy of it, but we really don't. All right. What did you learn, Pete? What did you love? Um, I love that we're tackling this now. As I was saying at the top of the episode, I was like, oh, I was feeling a bit insecure about myself. Um, but it's good to get on top of this stuff before it gets overwhelming Mm -hmm. and it's really nice to hear all of your stories as well and I just love body neutrality I'm just a big fan as you can tell I love the idea of just like body gratitude like what does your body do it gets you from A to B it whatever it does for you whether that's like you know the way you eat the way you exercise the way you like hug people the way you whatever it's like look at those things it is a sack and it exists yeah. And it helps. Even like things, do things like when you go to sleep and it's just like pumping blood and letting you breathe and like growing new cells. It's just doing it all by itself. And it's like, that's pretty freaking cool. I like that too. Except I get really weird when I start thinking about like my body digesting food. And okay. I'm not thinking all about right. It and all then... right. We need to go. All okay. Right. All right. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.